Sunday Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to Trinity Sunday, the first Sunday after Pentecost for the week of May 30th, 2021, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig in this week's podcast, and I'm excited that we are still in this beautiful part of the year of early Pentecost, but I have to admit to you, this is a difficult Sunday, and the reason that it's so difficult is it's a concept, it's a doctrine that we're talking about with Holy Trinity Sunday. It's hard for us to grasp, and I think in a lot of ways, we can all agree that we don't fully understand how the Trinity works. We understand to some extent, some varying extent, of God in three persons, or God in three different ways, but yet still the same God. And that still spins our heads around plenty of times and it allows for our thoughts to really question a lot of things. And yet that's kind of the point in a lot of ways. This Sunday trying to get us to think outside of what we can fully understand and that's part of where faith steps in is not necessarily a God of the gaps, but a God of understanding that even though I don't fully understand, I believe. And that's difficult for us to grapple with. And especially coming off of last week with Pentecost and getting into the Holy Spirit, I think it is something good to ponder. So let's jump into that. The Twitter question from last week was in multiple parts, really. How well have you listened to the Holy Spirit this week? And I reminded you that it doesn't necessarily need to be humans. And then I asked, how well have you listened to the Holy Spirit outside the human race? And it was interesting getting responses on this. Some was just the simple thing of being observant to nature and understanding that something was going on in nature and thus the Holy Spirit had helped that bird or whatever choose its nesting location or choose something out there where it deserved to be not disturbed. That the Holy Spirit had not only stirred within creation that, but also stirred within the person, the individual to decide, no, let's let that be. But I also had a really interesting one talking about how the busyness of life and how often we let the noise of the day get in the way. And yet we still in the quiet, in the peace, in the hearing of nature late at night, in the sights and the sounds that we can then connect and that we then can start to think about and realize that there are ways that sometimes God is communicating to us through other people and the value then especially in what we've gone through the last 15, 16 months, the value of each other and how we do depend on each other to help be able to recognize the Holy Spirit working around us and in us. And so I think that's such an important thing to be thinking about. And I think it fits actually decently well, especially with this first reading this week, which is out of Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. And this is Isaiah's beginning of a two-chapter call story. And he starts by acknowledging when this was, was after King Uzra died. So this dates it back into the early 1600s BC and then goes through seraphs, which are kind of these special holy creatures with six wings, two to cover their faces from God because of how bright he is, two to cover their feet and two to fly with and gets into this analogy of 
picking up a hot coal and touching it to the lips of Isaiah to cleanse him. And so thus, when the Lord is asking in verse 8, whom shall I send? Who will go out for us? And Isaiah stands up and says, here am I, send me. And so we get in verse 7 that the coal was touched the lips to depart the sin and was being blotted out. So this interesting story of recognizing how angels are working and how God is working for the prophet here, Isaiah. The psalm this week is Psalm 29. And We've heard this one a lot of times. I've talked about it various times, and it's a great psalm because there's a lot of natural imagery that's within this. We're talking about how great and big and powerful God is, but we get to talking about breaking the cedars of Lebanon, which are a very popular tree, and it's actually on the flag of Lebanon, and how it's not a super strong tree, but a fairly strong tree how it makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Cyrene like a young wild ox. And we've talked about how cattle, when being released into the field after being in the barn and seeing grass for the first time, how they will skip. And how that's just a very powerful watching an animal that's so big being able to jump up like that is quite powerful. The wilderness of Kadesh, we've talked about early on when I was doing this podcast, how it was a kind of a remote region of this and how God's shaking the wilderness and shaking it to the remote parts. How we've talked about how oaks whirl and we know, especially where I'm at, oaks are some of the strongest, most powerful, and in a lot of ways the desired tree, difficult at times to work with because of how strong it is and causing it to whirl, which means that you're taking the energy that's already in a strong wood and condensing it even further. So it talks about how strong the voice of God is. And so all these images of showing the strength of God all in 11 verses. The second reading this week is out of Romans chapter 8, verses 12 to 17. This is Paul sending us a very... Short little five-verse reminder, but it's very powerful. And how we're not living according to our flesh, because our flesh passes away, but the spirit within us is what's leading us. And that through that, then we are able to connect with God, and that helps lead us. And it is the way that we are able to separate ourselves and showing that we are different is by how our actions are being filled within us. And Through that, we're recognized as heirs of the family of God, that we will be glorified through this process because that we are heirs and because we walk out and we're not just talking. There is action to what we are doing. The gospel text this week is out of John chapter 3 verses 1 to 17. This is a pretty familiar text, especially right now because we've talked about it fairly recently. And this is where the Pharisee Nicodemus, the leader of the Jews, comes to Jesus and is recognizing him as his teacher. And he recognizes that he's a really good teacher, but is questioning, is this the Messiah in a lot of ways? And Jesus is kind of stirring within him these different deep questions and Nicodemus just doesn't get it. So some examples of this is like verse four, how can one be born after growing old? How can one enter a second time into the mother's womb 
and be born. After Jesus states, you know, that you must be born from above. And Jesus answers in verse 5, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the water and spirit. And what is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. And do not be astonished by what I tell you. You must be born from above. And this whole thing that continues on, and Nicodemus just struggles and wrestles and just can't quite put the pieces together. And then again, at the very end, we have John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. This very, very, very familiar passage and kind of leaves us in this position of wondering, does Nicodemus ever get it? And the biblical scholar, Caroline Lewis brings up This is so in contrast to what happens in chapter 4. Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews, comes to Jesus by night. Here we have in chapter 4, a woman meeting Jesus at the well during high noon and just gets it and tells people and gets the whole city to believe. So these two contrasting things. And the question of does Nicodemus ever believe, we get later At the crucifixion, it's Nicodemus who is bringing way more spices than are needed for the burial of Jesus. So there's almost like, is he making up for something later on? So there's a lot of moving parts here. And especially with the theme of Holy Trinity Sunday, this gives us a few things to be able to work off of. So before we jump into how the faith and science come together this week and this week's test, we have to do our shameless plug. Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, or discussions. I've already brought up Caroline Lewis, who works at Luther Seminary in St. Paul, and she then talks on the Working Preacher podcast, Sermon Brainwaves, every single week. So what a great way to be able to hear her, along with multiple other commentaries. Since I'm the Notre minister, I use them on a weekly basis. But I also use the Revised Common Lectionary coming out of Vanderbilt, and Part of the reason I really like that is not only can I look at all the texts in one place in a very easy way to be able to bring you this podcast, but also that there's art from all the different artists and interpretations of these. And so I would highly recommend checking out either workingpreacher.org or lectionary.library.vanderbilt.edu. The Trinity. What a topic. And something that over the years here, we've talked about various different times. Even in the last couple weeks, we've looked at it, the fire triangle. I've talked about it that way. I've looked at it in the different phases of water. And we've even talked about it with sister plants, how especially in different cultures, but especially here with certain American Indian culture, sister plants having understanding that you have something grow up big and tall like corn, you have something that climbs up that that's kind of mid-range and something that's ground cover like a pumpkin. So you have like corn, squash, and another bigger squash like pumpkin on the ground to be able to maximize the ground cover, to maximize the area, to maximize what can be done and realizing that each of them bring different factors together to make it so that they're all successful. But I was thinking about this passage in a lot of different ways and was trying to figure out how do we talk about something that this week's soul being talked about doctrine, which is really not common that we have to really dig into doctrine to get this. But I did come up with something. 
And the way that I came up with it this week is literally looking at the screen. You see, whether it be a television screen, a computer screen, your phone screen, the basic technology behind it is very similar. And very similar to the Trinity, it's in three parts. See, a pixel, as you may have heard before, is a small speck, and that's what's used. Having more pixels creates a sharper image. Right, A 1080p screen has 1,080 pixels across the top, where 4K is getting somewhere in the ballpark of over 37, 3,800, and they kind of round up. But it's about 4,000 pixels across. Thus, that's where we get these definition or how crisp the picture is. But each pixel is broken down into three parts. A red light, a green light, and a blue light. You see, every color that you see on a screen is either the combination of turning off or on those three colors in a pixel. So the pixel can either be completely off, it can be on with just red, just green, just blue, or any combination, or all of them, to make every color. We need all these to be able to bring these high-definition screens to life, to be able to see what we're trying to reproduce that we see out in nature. To be able to have the full gamut, we need these three colors. You see, without these three colors, it would not be possible to have as good of a color range as we do. Because without these, there's just way more limitations on what could happen. If we only had red and blue, we could get red, blue, and shades of purple. But we're missing whole sections of color. Without green, we get no shades of cyan. We get none of those light blues that we like. And white light becomes hard to happen because there isn't that third spectrum. Without green, there is no yellow. There is no red and green to come together to get the whole yellow-orange spectrum. If we take one of these three colors away, we no longer have the full spectrum of color. The Trinity is very similar. They all three work together. Without one, it really doesn't work. They all have different tasks. The Holy Spirit, I've heard argued as a helper of Jesus or as God working in a new way, but it doesn't really have that much meat to it without Jesus, without God. There's no meat to that bone. If God and the Holy Spirit are there, is there ever the connection that we have with humanity? God talking from above, God coming and being among us. Where's the personal part of it? With Jesus and the Holy Spirit, what about the creation part of it? Where is Jesus at the beginning of time? What were the Israelites following You see, these three make up a very important part of the history of how we understand God and the church. And without them, we have a lesser image and we can't fully grasp what God is doing, understand what God is talking about. 
And you see with those three, the further depth that we are able to understand God. Every time we have God as this creator and who's trying to be, and I care about you, but I'm afar, to then Jesus coming and being more personal and standing beside us to the Holy Spirit becoming ingrained in us. The level of personality, the depth that that allows, the ability to be able to see God at so many more levels because it's more 3D per se. This isn't that much different than your computer monitor, your screen on your TV or the screen on your phone or any other device of that nature. Having those three colors allows for the depth of color to be able to see more of what is there. If we didn't have those three colors, everything is kind of flat and doesn't seem realistic. Suddenly, there's more depth there. Nicodemus at this point just isn't fully understanding because he's been raised as this Jewish leader and with the law. In ways he understands God and in ways he kind of understands God working potentially through the Holy Spirit. And he's trying to understand Jesus among them and what's that all meaning and he's it just isn't making sense yet. He's not seeing in 3D yet. He's pondering. He gives a human emotion to this story. The All the times that we wrestle with things and just don't quite understand, I don't quite understand how green and red together can make yellow on a screen. I don't quite understand that. Because I see yellow as a primary color and I just don't understand how we can ever make a green into a yellow. And I bet I could go in and dig into it at some point, but at this point I still ponder that that isn't that much different than what Nicodemus is trying to understand how the spirit through Jesus is transforming us that we are more than the law it's beautiful Paul in Romans reminding us that if we get too carried away with ourselves and put God on the back burner in the spirit that is within us on the back burner we can't see the whole image Because then God becomes constantly, and Jesus are at least an arm's length away. There's always something between me and Jesus. Our skin, our bones, our flesh. And Paul reminding us the Holy Spirit is bedded within us. There is no separation. Again, when we are trying to let go of one, we can't see the full image. The power of God and looking at that in the psalm of what the ability of what God is able to do out in nature. But again, being able to see that, understand that, and realize that it's God doing that is powerful. And in Isaiah here, having this vision of God and being there with what we presume the Trinity in what appears to be some type of heaven state, we can assume And that the Spirit is given after blotting out the sins, which we know that Jesus would go and do for all of us later. It stirs within Isaiah to say, here am I, send me. For some of you that are old enough listening to this podcast, you might remember early computer technology when we had green screens. Or maybe even going back a little bit further when we had black and white televisions. There was always something that just seemed to be missing. The reality of it wasn't quite there. 
just seemed a little far-fetched. Color changed a lot of things. Color gave more reality to the world. And we even see it yet today in photography and how people bring in old pictures to get colored to give them more reality. See, this text and what we're talking about this week ties into last week. It's understanding that we have to acknowledge all three parts and be willing and able to try to listen to the three parts of God to be able to see. Like we talked about in our earlier example, if we didn't have those three colors, it'd be hard for us to be able to see the full spectrum of visible light for us. And if we go through the history of how monitors have gotten better and better and TVs have gotten better and better and phone screens have gotten better and better, it comes from being able to tweak to make better depth. Thus, us better understanding the technology to better understand how to make a better screen to make it more lifelike. That is what our faith should look like. The better understanding of the Trinity in and of itself allows us to go deeper, to better understand God, to better understand the depth of what God is trying to stir within us, what God is trying to lead us, the meaning of what God has done for us. It's amazing. In this week where we have to talk about doctrine, it's one of the few doctrine as Christians we can fully agree across the board. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Understanding that God works in many ways. And yet, we don't fully understand. There's still so much in science we just don't fully understand. But that's part of why we continue to research and to go deeper and to try to understand more. Our faith life should be the same way. Our faith life should be trying to be brought up so that we are understanding that our sin is blotted out so that we say, here am I, send me. In those days when we're getting beat up, that we are reassured in the strength and the glory of what God is able to do. To realize that it's not our own flesh, but it's the spirit embedded within us that gives us the drive to keep going, to strive to go deeper, to connect more. And then Jesus gives us this amazing reminder in John that even when Nicodemus doesn't get it, that he comes up with John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The son of man didn't come in just to make us feel bad. The son of man came into the world to walk alongside us, to help steer us, And that as long as we continue to trust in this friend, that we then will be saved. And that's the part at this point in the story that Nicodemus just isn't able to fully grasp. And yet, I would argue in a lot of ways, we wrestle right there with Nicodemus. Just like when we look at our phone screens and understand that it is just red, green, and blue pixels. If you don't believe me, put your phone underneath a microscope sometime and you will see it yourself. It's crazy. But yet, we have some amazing scientists in this world who have been able to understand how to do that. 
And even though we can't see the full picture of how this is all working as God is a triune, we have enough other places where I see that to be able to believe that, yeah, I don't fully get it, but I know it must be there. So the Twitter question this week is, how do you see the triune God? How do you see the triune God in all its parts? Because I think it's a question that, again, it causes us to stop and to look and to listen and observe. And I'm curious to hear all the different ways and places that you're seeing it. How are you seeing a triune God? We have visions. We have Paul calling out and seeing it within the human flesh. We have a psalm reminding us of how God is out there in nature. And yet, that's the beauty of God. It's all around us and it's just the question of are we observing it and listening to it. The one thing for sure it's not is all about the self. And that's something after this last year and a half that I think we understand that we are all dependent upon each other. And I would hope that we're also more dependent on God. I know for me, there's certain ways that I probably need to keep tinkering to make sure that my reds are true red, my blues are true blues, and my greens are true greens, to be able to see really the full spectrum that's in front of me. But that's part of faith in life. And that's why I have so many other pixels around me to be able to help get that picture and better view and better color, even on the days that I struggle. I'm glad I have people like you on the other end of this podcast to be able to help on those days where I struggle to find God. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.